0: Hello, and welcome to The Scaling Therapy Practice. This is the show where we help you make small steps towards big growth. And some of you, that growth is going to be hiring more people or hiring virtual assistants. For some of you, it's going to be uh, going to another building or expanding your office locations or offering different hours. And for, for some of you, You want to do more with your education and maybe make some passive income and create courses and content from your education. Well, I have a resource for you. If you're wondering if your topic is a great idea to teach on, I have a resource of validating your topic in four steps where I take you through the some free resources online that you can just use to your advantage and discover if people are talking about your topic, if books have been written about your topic, uh, searching for popular YouTube videos on the topic, and then mining that information for gold. And it's going to give you a good idea on if your topic is something that is already out there. And here's the secret. If people are writing about your topic, if books are being written about your topic, if uh, there's a YouTube following for your topic, then that means you have a your topic is valid. That means somebody's spending money on it. Somebody is creating uh, books and having publishers write things about it. And there is uh, it's good to go through this process and find yes, there are resources out about it. And then I show you how to mine that resource for either course content for yourself or finding the gaps that you can fit in. Um, it's just a valuable free resource before you start investing in in production of your course. Just doing a little bit of research, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of looking and making sure it's a valid topic. So you can find that resource on my homepage course studio.com. And then just go to the, uh, free resources. Uh, it is called, um, course creation tools and templates and then scroll to the bottom and it is validate your profitable course in four steps. There's also two other free tools there that you can use. Um, but yeah, check it out and then email me your questions. I'd love to talk to you about your topic and your research and you know things you're finding um, because I want to help therapists spread their uh, education and knowledge into the world and help more people. That's how I help people. I help the helpers get their stuff out there. So uh, email me, james at coursecreationstudio.com. And now on to the show. Welcome to The Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland with Dr. David Howell. Hello, David. Hey, James. Uh, This is the show where we ask you to take small steps towards big growth. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about decision decision fatigue, why you get it and how to some steps to overcome it. But first, we're gonna talk about our tool tech or tip of the week. I'll go first, David. Mine's a simple mine's a simple tool. In Google Calendar, you can create tasks for yourself, like a mm-hmm. checklist. Yeah. I don't did you know that already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, but I just, I, it's still a good tip. I just discovered it. And instead of instead of like assigning things on my calendar, I can assign tasks to myself. It reminds me. It's all in one program. I mean, I love ClickUp and Trello and other things that remind me things, but I, I look at my calendar so, so much. Mm. And so putting those reminders right in the calendar that's free and it's there and it's integrated and it also pops up on my email too, my Google, my Gmail, it's, it's, it's keeping me more on track with some of those little tasks like, like oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. It's not on. It's not on notepads, you know, sticky notes. It's in a place right. that's going to remind me, and I'm I'm really enjoying using the Google Tasks bar. Yeah, so that's my tip. It's a good tip. Mine's kind of
1: related to our topic. I like eggs. It, it it's I mean it's it's a it's I enjoy it. It's a good protein source. I find I'll add hard-boiled egg to a lot of things, and I buy generally. Pre, hard-boiled eggs. It's something I discovered a few years ago. It may have existed for a while, but I don't know. I only discovered it a few years ago. But Eggland's Best is the brand I use. There are a few different brands, but I get it as a bag of six eggs, but they're pre-hard-boiled and peeled because that's my thing. I like hard-boiled egg, but who has time to make a hard-boiled egg? And that feels ridiculous on some level because, of course, I have time to make a hard-boiled egg. Most of us <laughs> do, but. By having pre-boiled, pre-peeled, hard-boiled eggs in my refrigerator all times so that I add. I add them to salads. I add them to, to you know, I guess salads is the thing I add them most to. Or I'll just eat them kind of on their own. And yeah. it's a good protein source. It's good. But, like, it's one less thing I have to do and important one less thing I have to think about.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: as it relates to what we're
0: talking about today is decision fatigue. Is this a good time to start talking about decision fatigue? We
1: make the amount of, for, for those, if you're listening to a podcast, this, this will, you'll qualify for this. If you're listening to a podcast, watching YouTube videos, this would qualify. Because if we, because of our lives, because of technology, because of a lot of complexities in our lives, the amount of things we decide in a given day is astronomically greater than in generations past even for a lot of us you know for those of us in our you know 40s 50s even compared to what it was in our childhood you think about here's a kind of a simple example i talk about food what most of our ancestors ate on a daily basis was pretty routine most mm-hmm. people didn't have that much variety in the things they ate unless you were exceptionally wealthy or you would eat things maybe the variety would be seasonal like what fruits and vegetables were in season but you know james you've talked in past episodes eating a lot of goulash when you were a kid oh yeah yeah uh and even even for me like this idea of you know i ate a lot of spaghettios for lunch when i was a kid and and you know i i had some choices but they're just this is what you eat you know you this is and in some ways, we look at that we, from our vantage point of our time and age, we think it's less boring. And we think our lives are so much better because we have so many more choices. But that's super qualified because we're a lot more tired. Mm. Uh, we're tired mentally. We're tired in our ability to function. James and I were talking about, for recording, the pressures on solopreneurs in the mental health space. And I think one of the biggest pressures is When you're on your own, there's so many more decisions you have to make. I have a business partner. It's, it's my wife and, but we have a divided category of tasks. And part of that is, is that if my brain's a hard drive, I don't have to keep certain things on the hard drive. There's certain things I don't think about relating to the running of our practice because it's what she does. She does payroll. I don't do payroll, so I don't think very much about payroll. I think about it in as much as it touches on things of my responsibility. So the
0: having to make all the decisions gets people like, what are some of the signs, I guess, of decision fatigue? For me, I, I think I get frustrated, like I know oh, I, I get interrupted in something, I'm asked to make a decision, and I'm just like, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Is that a sign of decision? Fatigue? I would say so. I would
1: say frustration. I think a practical sign is we often make poorer decisions. Mm. We, because we don't have the capacity to really kind of weigh things out. So oftentimes we'll make just quick decisions or we'll put off making decisions. Yes. Procrastination is problem. procrastination becomes a way that we handle fatigue, but basically none of it is very productive. None of it is very, so I have three things I want to talk about in okay. this, as we're planning a shorter episode today. Yeah. Just this is a, want this to be a quick little bite. One less thing of a decision to make of how long you you need to listen to this episode because we're (laughs) going to keep it short. Here's one of the first things to do is as much as like, so there's an automating of processes. There are lots of things that we can automate. That's good to automate. There's an example of the egg process. I Because I've made access to eggs easier, it's easier for me to eat eggs. It's also... I don't think I don't keep a lot of different types of food in my house. Generally, for one, as I I'm in a season of life where I'm trying to eat better and that decision fatigue actually comes into it. Like and if I if I simplify eating things that are easier, one, I'm more likely to do it because it's simple, but it's one less decision to make. I have a basic. Varieties of clothes that I wear that don't vary a lot. I I mm-hmm. I stay as close to like a uniform as possible. And and I, I think a lot of men particularly have this, but mine's pretty basic. I have my my I I wear, you know, jeans or type of pants, and or if it's a day off in nice weather, I have shorts and I have cargo. Sh- I'm very specific in the sorts of shorts I wear. I wear Oxford shirts if it's if I'm trying to be a little dressier. I used to, wear, I don't wear polos anymore. It just like, I don't didn't. Cause I, I found that I just like the simplicity of, you know, Oxford's I could have long sleeves or roll up for short sleeves. And you know, I'd like the simplicity of that. Oh, it I removed, also wear it a, removes the decision. It removes the rem- decision. I also wear like, like I, there are these like outdoor thin fabric hoodie things
0: mm-hmm. I'm wearing
1: one right now, which is like, I, I have a few of these things. I really like them. They're really comfortable. I, I, I really try to simplify as many decisions I can make. So as, as much as you can kind of automate the process of, you know, thinking about how much, how
0: many choices I'm giving myself affects that. I'm pretty sure I read yeah. in the the book on Steve jobs, like he yeah. was, he had the, the black turtleneck, turtleneck and yeah. his jeans. And that's, that's, that's all you we saw in the later, I mean, I can't remember except for some of the early videos. That's all you wore, and that's all he wore. And, and, all he
1: is, wore. He, and he talked about it in the context of decision fatigue, that you, I make all these decisions every day. I want one less thing. Yeah. Uh, so the the automation is part of it, How to make it as automatic, but another bit of it is related. As you do have decisions to make, pre-plan.
0: That's tip number two in the. Okay. Automation, uh, then pre-plan.
1: Well, pre-plan. So try to make as many decisions as you can earlier in the day you have more energy. Making decisions has caloric cost. It takes mental energy and your brain is burning calories. And it is, you have more capacity at the beginning of the day. So this is an example for in a health management app I use when they talk about meal planning, they encourage you to plan your meals early in the day. And the reason is is because you have they, they use the principle which is a cognitive therapy principle developed by jonathan Haidt, of the elephant and the rider which is um you know the the rational part of your brain is like somebody riding on top of an elephant the elephant is much stronger the elephant's your impulses your drives and things like that but if your elephant is is well managed well taken care of well rested the rider can steer the elephant in a lot of different places but if the if the elephant's fatigued, if the elephant's ornery, as we say in the South, if it's you know, <laughs> if, if it if it's hangry, it's it's not going to be as responsive to the rider. And so it's one of the things that's helped me, like in eating better, is planning earlier in the day what am I going to eat today? Like planning, like I'm going to have this for,
0: not just what am I eating for breakfast, but what I'm going to have for lunch and what am I going to have for dinner. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They say, with like." school children why why are school children so well behaved or why can they behave during the day and then they come home and like lose it because they've had to hold it in yeah they've had to rein it in and have control decisions and 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 it's the there's a cost as you said there's a cost Mm -hmm. to it with willpower and with like brain power and it's it's the just thinking about like your your eating habits Mm -hmm. when are you going to make your worst eating habit decision. I make mine at night. PM of so the day. I'm yep. the worst night snacker. I've been so good all day. I deserve
1: this. This chocolate oh, sure. cake. sure. And and the 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 cognitive capacity mm. to resist or do something different is really it's limited. It's Depleted. Yeah, it's, it's depleted. down, down, down. So it's, it makes a lot so of sense. Automate number one, two. Make decisions early. Even like you know, I think about other positive ones for me. I, exercising is anchored done a lot better when I'm doing it with somebody mm. and I make an appointment of like, Hey, we're meeting at the gym at this time. I'm, I'm more likely to, to follow through because of the social pressure, but it's setting myself up in ways to make the decisions I want easier in the future. But part of that is preloading. And yeah, so that when makes you have these, sense. yeah, when you have moments, so automate preload, you know, make decisions early. Here's my last tip in it is simplification is not a moment. It's an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. Simplification is hard. It is, and the bigger thing in it is simplification is not natural. We have, as humans, we have this natural tendency to believe that complexity requires effort and simplicity is the resting point of things. That is not true. We naturally build and add and add more to and add more to it's why spring cleaning or clean out your closet is a thing my my closet doesn't naturally get fewer things it collects more things and my desk i clean my desk off not as frequently as people would like me to but i do it and it's clean it's
0: there's absence of papers and then it builds things up over time I'm I'm not sure this is where you were going with it, but they say, like, if you have a lot of stuff around you, it's, it's distracting and harder to make some decisions.
1: Sure. Or the sorts of things you have around you. But this idea that if you want to, it's, it's not a one-time process. You constantly have to revisit it to kind of clean. It's mm-hmm. like cleaning. That you, the, the atrophy of clutter is the natural thing in life and particularly Materially, and other, we live in in a world that has a lot of stuff. It has a lot of tangible stuff. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of intangible stuff. James, confession time for a second. Are there any subscriptions that you pay for of softwares or services
0: that you aren't actively using? I mean, when you said subscription, I immediately go to like TV type stuff, yeah. and I have like three. And I only use, we use Netflix the most Mm -hmm. and then maybe Disney plus, but then we also have Amazon and then we have the cable one. Mm -hmm. And like, I could probably get away with one of them for as much TV as I watch, probably just use one. What about software? I, I have some web pages that I have that I pay for that I don't use. I'm not
1: sure. Is that an active decision, though? Or is that like, is that from neglect or from purpose?
0: It's pr- on purpose. I, I've i let some lapse, like some web pages. What are those called? Domain names. I've yeah. like, I have I've bought some and then never used them and then let them lapse.
1: But those are good examples, I think, of just word clutter. And like, I, I wanted, I asked the clarifying question because I do think it's important to distinguish between those things we're not using, but we're making the decision to keep. Like, mm-hmm. I still have a VHS ta- tape of my wedding. Me too. I not, yeah, I, I've not watched it in a number of years, but I don't plan on. That's that's not from neglect. That's a deliberate decision, to to maintain that. Well, I don't uh, have a
0: VHS player anymore. I
1: just my parents just cleaned out a house and I picked up one from their house because I didn't have one anymore, and I and, and because I realized like oh, I have I have a few things on VHS that I still want to be able to access, and good to grab a player while I can still grab them, but as related to this, of I have to clean it. Like it's this, we we have to do it because when we have this weight of things, every once in a while, we find ourselves with energy to do something about it. And it's taking advantage and realizing that we've got to take, we constantly have to be removing. Otherwise we carry around. It's like anyone who's gone backpacking for an extended amount of time realizes that when they start, they overpass. And then you realize like, what do I really need? And then it gets, it gets much simpler. It's the thing for the, I'm, I live pretty close to a, a section of the Appalachian Trail, the AT. And, you know, it, it begins and ends, depending on where you start. One end's in New Hampshire, I guess, or Maine. I can't remember. It's, it's it, one end. And then Georgia's the other side. But, there are different trail stops on both ends. And you find that there's just a lot of Of these trail stops a lot of stuff that's been abandoned because people Mm -hmm. have packed up these over hefty and they realize that i've got to carry that anything is going with me i got to carry and i don't i don't camp a lot but i've realized when i do that like i don't need nearly as many changes of clothes as i can (laughs) i
0: know i i know i really i bring three pair of shoes and just wear the sandals the whole time or something yeah
1: i've I've had that what what but then you there are other things you realize i really wish i had more like i've had it for sunscreen or yeah. I've gone through a lot of sunscreen. Uh,
0: but so I wanna yeah. I wanna I wanna say the what you were talking about reminds me of the book Getting Things Done. I forget mm-hmm. the name of the author. Getting things done. He says your brain remembers things about all the things that you're carrying with you and it mm-hmm. can't determine whether it's important or not. And so mm-hmm. if you're not like getting rid of things or putting things on the list to do or saying I'm not going, you know, deciding this isn't something i'm going to do your brain will keep spending energy trying to work through those problems whether you're thinking about it or not and it doesn't decide it it doesn't decide what's time conscious or what's important it mm-hmm. just says this is this is you know he has 15 things on the list i'm going to like think through them at random times and his his big thing was trying to do i think it i think it was Getting getting them off your mind and onto the list, like you were talking about cl- decluttering, like getting them off the thing. And sometimes decluttering isn't like a complete
1: removal of this thing from your life, yeah. but is like one of the things that helps me is I carry a lot in my head, yeah. and the discipline of using Trello, which is an organizational tool, and I, I go in waves of how disciplined I am. But one of the things that helps me right now, and I'm I'm in a, the beginning of a, a very intense creative process, and I just have to write things down. Because yeah. the freedom I get for writing things down is I don't have to remember it because one of the most frustrating right. things that happens to me is I'll realize I forgot something, what I forgot. And I will grind my gears trying to recall it. And sometimes I can get it. Where it happens to me the most is my wife and I will be watching TV and I'll think of something. And what I have to do is I'll, I'll go back to like if it's i'll rewind because my hope is is that something in in the you know previous minute or two of the show will trigger the thought again because the thought i had before went simultaneously with some action that was going on or some statement it often works but it wastes so much time and me just having the discipline to say like no i'm gonna write this down i'm gonna take this out of my head put it somewhere else and
0: that's gonna be it and that's gonna be okay so those are my three things. All right. So to review, it's automation or automating. The second one was, what was the second one? Er, er, early decisions. Make early decisions decision. Early. And then the third is like simplify and declutter. Put in the work to simplify. Put in the work, to simplify and declutter. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, David, if there's one thing you wanted people to remember from this episode, what would that be? Simplicity is not the natural state. Hmm.
1: It is... Clutter and complexity is the natural state. We move towards
0: that. Simplification requires input and effort to move towards. And I think my one thing I really liked, and it, because it's so true, is like, make your decisions early. Because like the later in the day, the less, the less, mm-hmm. there's more fatigue and you're going to make worse decisions. So I really like that tip. That was very applicable, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks again for talking with, talking with me, David. As always, James. Enjoy it. All right. So this is James Marland with Dr. David Hall for the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is where we encourage you to take small steps towards big growth. We'll see you next time. Bye, James. Psych Maven is
1: proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style, on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it.
0: Thank you for listening to The Scaling Therapy Practice. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to remind you that the content shared today is for general information and entertainment purposes only. It shouldn't be considered as legal or tax advice, if you need a professional advice in those areas, please consult with a licensed attorney or accountant. But thank you so much for listening. The Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.